Hi, and thanks for joining us on Live with Squacky. I'm your host, Val Kelly, otherwise known as Squacky Voice. And I'm so excited about our show today. We'll be doing a follow-up interview with superstar voice actor Brad Hyland. I interviewed Brad in March of 2018, when he was just starting to pick up momentum in his bookings. From commercials to e-learning to corporate narration, Brad has worked with clients such as Citigroup, Sennheiser, Yamaha, and more. He's a professionally trained voice actor with a tremendous range and a guy-next-door quality. Thanks so much for joining us today, Brad. Thank you, Val. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to talk to you again. That seems like forever ago that we that we had our first conversation. Absolutely. Two years is a long time. So tell us how your life and voiceover career has changed over the past two years. Oh, man. It has been so amazing. I'm just grateful and thankful every day because every day is exciting. And, you know, I spent 30 plus years in business and it was a good career, but it didn't make me forget what day it was, like voice acting does. Often I'll look at Kathy and I go, what day is it today? And she goes, it's Tuesday. I'm like, oh, because it feels like Saturday or Friday or Sunday. They all blend together <laughs> because I work all the time. I work at my own pace at my own time of the day, and it just depends on what's coming and going. It's just been amazing. I think as far as what's changed over the last couple of years is, here's a list real quick. I have way more confidence. I know way more secrets and tricks of the trade than I did two years ago, which are huge, and a lot more work. And the other thing is that's almost more exciting than gaining all the work is all the connections and the friends that I've developed over two years online and in person at conferences. And every day is a little slice of magic for me. I hate to sound corny, but that's the way I feel about it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, two years can make a huge difference in a career. I'm so excited for you. It's one of those things where you wake up in the morning and I have a little routine where I drink about a quart of water and I grab my phone or my iPad and just scroll through and then just do a little high five when I see amazing, cool auditions that have come in or bookings. It sets the tone for the whole day, even if I don't start working until 10 or 11 or sometimes one or two in the afternoon because of what I want to do during the morning. And then I just launch into it and then sometimes go into the wee hours. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think what's so cool about it is that when you... You know, when you love what you do, it doesn't seem like work. So you can work all day long and it doesn't seem like you're actually working. Yeah. And I heard people all my life say that. All my life, I've heard people, well, if you love what you do, you're not working a day in your life. And I was like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's what it feels like. Even when you hit a bump in the road or, you know, you don't book every day, it just makes me dig in harder if I don't book. You know, it's pretty amazing. I have two things in front of me on the wall. And one is you don't get much done if you only grind on the days you feel good. That's right above my screen. And the next one is great things never come from comfort zones. So those two things together, they sort of guide me as I'm working every day. And I think those are important for any voice acting or anything that you're doing, especially freelancers is you got to make hay when the sun shines and when the sun doesn't shine. Absolutely. Yeah. So in our last chat, you talked about how supportive your wife and family has been of your voiceover career. How are they feeling about it now, a few years into it? Just the same, even more. Kathy has been, she was the one who kicked me in the butt and said, you've got to do this in 2015. So I quit and took a few months of rest and then started full time, I guess, April or 2016. And my kids both super, super supportive and love what I'm doing. And it's fun because my daughter is the um, 
editor-in-chief of the Broad Street Review in Philadelphia, and she's a social media manager. So she's been a big help with everything that I do on Facebook and Instagram and things like that, too. Oh, that's great. I remember you telling me about that last time. That's so cool. So it's so important, especially now, to have a professional broadcast quality home studio. What are some home studio essentials you have that you can't live without? I think now, more than ever, I don't have a booth. I have a treated area that has a very, very good sound floor. For my home studio, I have a heavily treated space. It's a tiny bedroom with canted ceilings, and I put foam all over the walls, and the floor is carpeted. And then I have the sound blankets behind me. You have to be able to record broadcast sound quality sound at home. And that doesn't mean you have to spend eight grand on a studio bricks or a whisper room. That'll be next for me, though. So you have to have a good space that gives you that quality sound. And for me, the microphone, the go-to mic is the Sennheiser 416. It's a shotgun. Okay. That makes a huge difference. And actually, Uncle Roy, I remember I I had thrown out a couple years ago. I said, hey, I have a Rode NT1000. It's super sensitive. I'm not in a studio bricks. You could hear a mouse hiccup downstairs. (laughs) So they both said, get the 416. I asked Uncle Roy, I said, why should I get the 416, technically speaking? He went, because I said so. (laughs) (laughs) So so I called Sweetwater and I had one delivered the next day. Perfect. It it makes a great difference. And, you you know, I use Logic Pro at home. That's way overkill for voiceover, but I've gotten used to it. Now I love it. So I'll just keep using it. That's great. Something that's big for me is I use Apple, a MacBook, and I use the wireless keyboard and I use a wireless magic mouse and it truly is magic that's so cool what is that it's a wireless mouse but it has you can click and you can also just sweep across with your finger just quick swipe with your finger and your whole screen just shoots to the left or right it's amazing oh that's cool apple magic mouse awesome (laughs) so what have some of your biggest voiceover successes been over the past two years i always just booking work makes it feel successful you know but I've done some national TV and radio stuff, which is always fun. I think the biggest thing is still being the voice of Santa for Elf on the Shelf. Yeah. And it's like being part of that production family. They're just amazing people. And I do all the animated shows that are on TV and on the DVD sets. And I'm actually doing the voice of a Santa plush toy that's going to be coming out in November. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's really cool. And plus, I, I was fortunate enough to win a couple peer awards from Tiva DC, which is nice because now I can say I'm an award-winning voice actor. (laughs) Absolutely. And how about some challenges that you've had? I think the biggest challenge for me is the same for everybody. And that is just getting through the downtimes with the same great attitude. And I think for me, I'm just always ready to sort of beat myself up if I don't book a job every day. And That's why I keep looking at those things I told you about. You don't get much work done if you only grind on the days you feel good. And the great things never come from comfort zones. So when I hit a downtime, I try to do the things that I haven't had time to do to get caught up, whether that's some marketing things or training, online training or working with a coach. And then the other thing I do is I just double down on auditioning. If I haven't booked in a few days, I try to get as many done as I can possibly get done broadcast quality sound all the time and hitting the jobs that are just perfect for me only. Yeah, that's definitely a key to booking stuff because I noticed that for a little while I tried just auditioning for everything and it was just not focused enough. You really have to focus on what's right for your voice. Even if your agent is sending it to you, 
if it's not completely something that is within your wheelhouse. I mean, sometimes you can try it, obviously. You do have to kind of pick and choose at certain times. Oh, it's so true. And as an example, I can do accents and I've done game characters doing a Hispanic accent and a British accent and Central African accents. But I only do the accents for that kind of work, character work, because you can sort of go way over the top and nobody's going to say, well, that character really didn't come from England, you know. But that's just part of going for it. But everything else that I do, I try to make sure I am right smack in my slot so that I have the highest chance to being hired. Because the voice buyers today may be listening to 50, 100, or 150 auditions for a certain spot. You have about five seconds. They're either going to dump you in the, yep, I'm going to listen again file, or you're going away. So you have to put your best stuff up front and do a lot of it in order to get into as many shortlisted buckets as you can. That's the key. Yeah, definitely. So what are three goals that you have for yourself to accomplish in 2020? Just three. Just three. (laughs) Um, I am going to get an automotive demo done. I just started that process. I'm going to work with Cliff Zellman. Yeah, he's the best for that, for sure. Market that like crazy. That's going to start next week. I'm looking forward to attending the J. Michael Collins Euro Retreat in October, assuming COVID-19 hasn't wrecked everything. Yeah, right. (laughs) Getting the most out of that, both professionally and for fun, because we're going to go and spend three weeks and tour all up and down Italy. And it's going to. Oh, that's amazing. I hope it. That's been a lifelong goal. So. Yeah. I'm sure everything will be fine by then. I hope. hope. (laughs) Yeah. The other goal for me truly is dial into my personal marketing a lot more. That's a big one for me. That's. It's great because that leads into my next question, which is, <laughs> we both know how important marketing is in this industry. So what are some voiceover marketing tips that have worked for you that you can share with our audience? I love to say thank you when somebody books me and I send a little three by five card that has my logo and my address and my tagline, the most versatile voice from coast to coast. And I just little handwritten note, thanks very much for the project. Look forward to working for you again. And following up with your past customers seems to be the number one thing for me. If somebody hired me six months ago and I haven't heard from them, I'll touch base with them and just send them a really friendly, detailed, short, but specific, connective note about how much I liked working with them and that I'm here and ready and things are great. It's like nine out of 10 will respond with something positive. Yeah. Even if it's not a booking, it's like, oh, I'm so glad things are going well. Yes, we have your information and we're ready to work with you again. You were great or whatever. That's definitely a good technique to follow up with people. I think a lot of voice actors don't do that as much as they should, or maybe they're not doing it in the right way. So I think what you said about sending a postcard or making it really personalized is really important, but then also with an email, keeping it really short and to the point at Mavo 2018 and listening to him say, like, your email should be, what is it, like 50 words or something like that, really, really short. I have uh, another pinup on my wall in front of me. It's not a picture of Mark Scott. It's cold email tips that he has. And it's a one page simple thing that I always look at when I'm doing that kind of stuff. Because one of the things he taught me early on, once you find somebody to connect with, don't just send a blind email or just call them. You need to learn a little bit about them. And it doesn't take much time to Google some company, find out what they do, look at some of their reels, look at the contacts, look at the team, and look at the picture of the person you're talking to. Whatever short, pertinent, nice thing you write is genuine. And make it just that, genuine to that person, not just sort of sweeping. 
because people sniff that out. Yeah, definitely. If you send a generic email that's like a form letter, people are going to know that it's not personalized. So it's really important to keep it short and to the point and find out information about them first so you can make that connection. Yep. Great. Who have you worked with as far as voiceover coaches that you would recommend and why? There are so many. Who I've worked with is when we talked about Uncle Roy, he helped me on some audio quality a little while ago. J. Michael Collins, Dave Walsh, and Cliff Zellman are the ones that pop up that I've worked with so far. But there's so many really amazing coaches. People like Ann Gangusa, Eric Romanowski, and the list goes on and on. And there's a bunch of really super good vetted quality coaches that people can work with. And you just need to find one that matches you and what it is you're trying to do. Exactly. The personality can be such a big component, you know, to your thinking about your learning style and how you're going to mesh with that person. And I remember when I first started out, I worked with a lot of different coaches before I figured out who I wanted to like produce a demo with and things like that, because I think always they have the best intention for you for the most part, you hope. But sometimes it's a personality thing where their style might be really too direct or too forward and you can't handle it or whatever the case might be, you know. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of great ones out there. What's the most fun role you've ever played and why? I love doing character stuff. I don't do that all day long, but I certainly love to do it. The most fun role is my Santa role because I've done so much of that work since I got that back in 2017 that I don't have to struggle to get into character and do it. It just comes out and it's super fun. It's always, no matter what, I smile when I'm doing that just because I love that role so much. I love to do over-the-top character things just because you can sort of go crazy and it's not what you always do. Like I did a character, the evil doctor running around spaceships and wrecking everybody's lives. And he talks like this. What are you doing? Get out of here. I don't want you here. And that's (laughs) that's so different from how I sound when I'm doing it. And I love when I do that kind of stuff. And if I show examples to people and they go, oh, that's good. Who's that? And I go, um, well, that's me. That's you? That's always cool when people can't tell that it's you. I have a little bit harder time with that because people are like, <laughs> well, it depends on the character, you know, because a lot of my stuff is really high pitched. I remember like some of my students listening to like um, a talking toy or something that I did. And they were like, that's you? I don't know. It just is. And they're like. Okay, that's weird. (laughs) You know, I do a lot of narrator stuff and the big, bold voice stuff. And like I do DJI, the drone company, and I do a lot of their promo stuff. And the voice is like, you need tools that are tough and that can keep up with you. DJI makes. And when I play that for people, they go, that's you. They don't sound like I said, well, I don't talk like, thanks for coming to my house today. It's really great to see you. (laughs) I'm doing the promo thing that they want. That's not how I talk. That's funny. Well, what advice would you give to voice actors who are just starting out? I've learned so much in the last four years, I could seriously write a book. You should, though, because you talked about it last time in our interview, and I'm still waiting for it, so get to it. (laughs) Well, there's a couple of really skilled people that have put out books recently. Joshua Alexander is one. He has a really nice piece out. Find a way to fall back in love with your job. You know, a lot of people sort of get swallowed up by hating their job and making a decision before it's time. Fall in love with what you're doing, be really good at it, and be a great employee, and then use every waking moment to train and learn and increase what you need to do to become a full-time voice talent. Yeah. Because it takes a long time. I think I auditioned a hundred times before I booked a job. Yeah, it's a lot. Downstairs, tears in my eyes, 
I booked a job. I booked a job. And Kathy, like, what is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> I was the voice of just the tag on the end of a LaCroix sparkling water. It's like LaCroix sparkling water, mildly refreshing. Ooh. And it was 200 bucks for a tag. And I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Exactly. Uh, right. But fall in love with your job so you can keep paying your bills. And then you have to train and everything has a place. There's a time for everything. And when you're getting started, sometimes people are diving into their websites and their branding before they even have a demo or they've done any training. And you have to put the train in the right cars on the track in the right order. And then you're going to need to invest the time and the money to get things going the way it should be done. And it doesn't happen overnight. It really doesn't. Yeah. One thing that people have to remember is that even when you've been in the industry for a long time, you can't really ever stop training because things and technology and the industry itself just keeps changing and changing. And you have to be willing to adapt to those changes and go like, okay, I've been in the industry for a long time, but now I need to know how to do this. And now I need to know how to do that. And now I need to upgrade my studio. And now I need to do, you can't just go into it and go like, I'm a pro and I'm booking everything. So now I don't have to train anymore because I think we all always have to be continuously training to hone our skills. Yeah. And people that do that get left behind. And I think um, J. Michael Collins is a great mentor for me on that kind of stuff. He's always on the bleeding edge of what's exciting and adaptable and he helps people learn how to adapt. Absolutely. He's always been there when things are changing. The other thing I was going to say real quick is that you just have to have thick skin and you have to be willing to be denied hundreds of times as you develop your craft. And I think there's some statistic about like 5% or less of people that head out to be voice actors end up creating a livelihood out of it. Yeah. It's, It's really, really difficult and it takes a while especially nowadays that the the bar is getting lowered on what it takes to become a voice actor in terms of the technology. There's some lower tier demo mill kind of places that some people yeah. are getting sort of sucked into. And you have to be really good to be successful. Definitely. It takes time. Do you think that not living in a major voiceover market has hurt your career at all? Or would you say that with today's technology, it doesn't really matter anymore where you're located? I truly don't think it does. I mean, the Elf on the Shelf family company is based out of Atlanta and they fly mm-hmm. into Atlanta when we're recording an animated movie. That's um, so cool. But everything else I've done from my home studio in the last four years, and I'm not chasing the whole Hollywood character acting scene. Right. If I got booked for something, <laughs> I'd go knock on somebody's door and say, hey, can I live in your basement for a month while I do this job? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Like you wouldn't turn it down, but I totally get what you're saying. I think I've also had to like readjust my goals, you know, and that I definitely want to be doing animation voiceover and I've done some talking toys and things like that, which is sort of character related work, which is mostly what I book. But I think my whole, am I going to go and live in LA scenario has kind of changed a bit over the years. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about the character work that I can do. I've done VR gaming and other video game stuff that is super fun. Recently, I did a character of this giant extinct gorilla in a game called Tarzan VR. That's I don't even think it's been out yet, but it's coming out. I created that voice based on a side they sent me, the picture of what that character looked like. And it's a big, it's, you know, it's like, Tarzan, come here. You know, it's, (laughs) 
uh, and it was so fun. And I did the whole thing from my home studio and sent it in. And when they wanted a little pickup or an ad, I did that from my home studio too. And I'll continue to. So no, I would, you can do anything you want. It's just, you won't get typically the hardcore promo work and a lot of that animation stuff. You're going to need to be out there to be. Yeah. Like I said, there are ways around it. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of genres of voiceover that are character related that might not necessarily be an animated TV show, but they're still character-based work. So that's kind of how I've found my way of still enjoying and loving what I do without necessarily being on an animated TV show. And I haven't given up on it. I just have readjusted my goals a little bit, you know? A lot of the character work is not necessarily big characters like, I will protect my tribe, you know, like where you're in the fighting games and things like that. Sometimes it's just... I did one a little while ago where I was just like a blue collar guy moving furniture out. It's like, hey, yeah, sign right here. Hey, <laughs> to me, I, I'm not the one throwing you out. This is what you got to do, you know, and it's character work. I don't have to be in New York to do it. Yeah. Can you tell us a fun fact about you that people might not be aware of? Oh, I was in the movie The Replacements. Oh. That horrible football movie with Keanu Reeves and Gene. Oh, Hickman. that's awesome. Uh, I was a football player in that. And I was the front man in a rock and blues band for eight years. Oh, that's so cool. Of, some of the funnest times ever, but I'm a singer at heart. That's great. Good to know. What are you working on now that you're allowed to talk about? Wow. Thanks for asking that because I am the narrator for a huge new podcast that's going to drop. In a few weeks, it's called Marilyn Behind the Icon. And it's a um, two or three season dramatic recording that shows sort of the very emotional close up and not as glamorous and cozy side of Marilyn Monroe's life. And the first season was amazing. We did ensemble recording out in LA. I was here and they were out in LA. I was really honored to be picked to be the narrator for this. And yeah, that sounds amazing. They have a social media following that's growing and you can find it on Marilyn Behind the Icon on Facebook and cool. Instagram. But that's my biggest ongoing project right now that I can talk about. That's so exciting. Do you have any upcoming workshops or conferences that you're planning to attend? Yeah, I'm super excited about a certain one in, in the fall. after I get back from that big one with Jay Michael in Italy. But Mavo is going to be amazing. I just wish it was every year, Val. (laughs) I know. I've thought about switching it back, but now everything is a little bit uncertain. So I just have to see what happens, you know. The first one I went to was 2016, right after I started. A friend said, yeah, you should go to this one. It's great. It's small. And, And I think that some of the things that I learned in the confidence I got from that really helped kickstart me booking jobs. I can honestly tell you that. Aww, thanks so much. I'm super looking forward to the next one. I love it because it's smaller and what is it, like 150 people about? Yeah, we're looking probably at about 150, hopefully this year. Yeah, if, <laughs> yeah. You I'm, if you're listening to this and you haven't booked for Mavo, you got to do it because it's super connective and you get to meet everybody. It's just really, really good time. I love it. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, yeah, it's a great event. I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of the growth that we've had over the years and being able to connect people. And one of the most important things for me is to keep it on the smaller side so that it's really a family type of thing. I feel like at the end of the weekend, when it's all over, 
I'm always so sad to see everyone go. I'm like, oh, when am I going to see you guys again, you know? And I think this year will be really, really special because after everything that's going on right now, it's just a big adjustment for everyone. So I remember the last one, you had the whole room in tears watching you talk about how much it meant to you and having your children up there. And there was a real connection there. I think it's a real family feeling at the Mavo conference. So I just hope you don't work yourself so hard that you can't enjoy some of it. You do such a nice job with that. Oh, thanks. No, I am totally determined to hit like every session and delegate to everyone else who's helping me out to do everything else. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you guys go run the registration booth. You guys go do this. I'm going to this session. Like, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I think I'm most excited about the mastery sessions this year that we're offering because we've never done that before. And they're, most of them are three hours and then Everett Oliver is doing a five-hour session. And so you're really going to have a chance to dive into topics on such a deeper level. So I think that's really, really important. So that's exciting. I think I told you this before the last one. Since you don't have the big voice, if you need somebody to go, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats and silence your cell phones. You can call and I'll do that for you. Definitely. (laughs) That's so awesome. It's going to be a great event. So if you guys haven't registered yet, you can visit our website at midatlanticvo.com and you can click on the banner and it will bring you right to our Eventbrite registration page. And the dates are November 6th through 8th of 2020. So can you tell everyone what your website and social media handles are so they can get in touch with you if they choose? Yeah. And my email, if you want to shoot me, my email is brad at americanvoicepower.com. And uh, my handles for Twitter and Instagram is simple. It's just at here, Brad Highland, and that's H-E-A-R, not the other one. So it's at here, Brad Highland. My website is just americanvoicepower.com. Hit me up, shoot me a question, or let's connect. Sounds great. And I'll put that in the description of this podcast. So thanks so much for your time today. And I really appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure, Val. It's great to connect with you again. We wish you tons of luck. Live with Squacky is mixed and mastered by everybody's favorite voiceover tech, Uncle Roy Okelson of Antland Productions. <laughs> <laughs>